0: They'll
1: look everywhere
0: we go, but when the sinners find us, we won't hide. They'll come loud and they'll come fast, we shoot first and we can last. Keep your rifle by your side. Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of the Anti-Politics Podcast. My name is Rob Reynoso, with me today is Alan, and we have a guest named Roy today. Roy, how are you? Oh, no, not too bad. How are you? I'm doing okay, man. Tell us a little bit about what you do, man. So
2: I am a volunteer firefighter and well and EMT and I also work on a aid department as well. So yeah, I mean whatever questions you guys have, let me know.
0: So let's just dive right into it. Like how does it even work? Let's squash out those misconceptions.
2: So like as far as like with the volunteerism, uh like with a volunteer fire department uh we rely a lot on donations so we can give contributions to the community um so like we'll hold like an annual chicken barbecue or we'll hold auctions and stuff like that we'll acquire goods or service goods or sometimes even services that you know can be donated to us so like somebody will hand like a gift card or like a uh, a voucher or something like that or somebody will donate like a firearm whatever and then we'll auction it off and obviously with an auction, uh, we'll start at a base price of whatever, and then people can bid on it from there and going up. And I mean, there's been sometimes I've seen certain items that, you know, might've been worth maybe a couple hundred bucks, turn around and get sold at auction for 1200 bucks. And it's just because, you know, people know it's for the proceeds for the fire department. So um, recently the volunteer department that I'm on, uh, we, we're able to fund our entire new fire department fire station for uh, $3 million. And that was all just based on like donations and uh, auctions and and things like that. So that's just, it's incredible. You know, like what what you can do, like when, you know, you volunteer your time. um, And this is where I was saying, I can be cliche about this, you know, like you show up on somebody's worst day possible. And and you're there to, I mean, whether to make it better for them or to try and alleviate some of the stress and the pain for them, so that way we can start making their day better from there.
0: So are all the uh, so is all the revenue like towards the volunteer fire department from uh, voluntary sources? Um, typically, it depends. Um,
2: it depends on where in your community. Like you can have like a privately owned quote-unquote fire department which is like what mine is and you can still request a tax levy from the community um, and they can obviously turn it down but usually what that tax levy would end up going to is just to kind of pretty much keep the bills paid to keep the lights on and stuff um it's nothing really like hey we're going to turn around and use that money to buy new apparatus or anything or we're going to build a new building again no it's just pretty much just to keep the bills paid is all that that is um the insurance. I mean, cause you think about it, there's several vehicles and stuff that have to be paid for. There's, you know, if uh, something happens to a firefighter, I mean, I, and think about like how bad that would look into the community of like, Hey, like you guys are volunteering your time and we're not willing to throw you any money. And one of your guys just got hurt saving my house or whatever. And uh, now he's on like a lifetime of disability and, you know, the fire department can't afford it or whatever, you know, which granted, I can see how that's not the community's problem and there could be a number of factors that play into that, but, but, I mean, it's just, which is why it's voluntary, you know, I mean, you can say no and vote it down or whatever. So I, I don't know.
1: Well, I would, uh, so how much lower is the average levy for a volunteer fire department that they propose compared to a regular city new levy? Um,
2: it depends on the monetary amount. So the one paid department that I'm on, they uh, were requesting for a levy for $4, $4 million. Um, and that was voted down. But uh, I forget what the request was that the volunteer department that I'm on, what they were asking for. But I know it wasn't much and it got approved. So uh,
1: that was that was actually entirely helpful. That's cool. I mean, it's uh, better for the community all the way around, right? It's less uh, tax on the community. um, But still keeping the same kind of quality when it comes to taking care of everything, and making sure everybody is safe. And when something does happen, uh, can be taken care of. Absolutely. Yeah. So now and I I do want to point
2: something out. You know, I, I, I've kind of questioned, like, why? Why wouldn't a, a volunteer department work for everybody? Well, I'll actually give you uh, this weekend or this past weekend for an example. Um, So on the weekends, I'll work on the paid department. Uh, I mean, yeah, it's part-time for the moment, but um, you know, i work, I'll work down there for a 24 hour shift and we just got slammed with call after call, after call, after call. I mean, and there was there was three of us on shift at the time. And, and eventually there was only two of us because one guy had to go to his, his other job. Um, and it was just extremely difficult to try and keep up with some of these calls um, and to expect volunteers all the time. That would be that would be horrible. I mean, because then you got to expect people to leave their jobs constantly to go back and go run for a call go run that call and then, you know, put the vehicle back in service, get the paperwork done from a call and then go back to work. And then another call comes in and a volunteer has going to leave work again and then turn around. I mean, it, it, it would be very difficult to do because uh, sometimes with this volunteer department, there's times where, you know, it's like, I have to pick and choose like whether I'm going to leave work and go to a call because we'll get, you know, multiple calls in a day, you know, and my employer is being generous enough to allow me to leave and to go on a call, and then come back, you know, as like, this is how they're contributing to the community by allowing me to go run on a call. So, you know, and I don't want to take it, take that for granted and take advantage of that. And then, you know, get five or six calls, which, I mean, I could tell you about some of these calls that are just completely absurd to some of the most, you know, intense calls ever. You know, I mean, it's hard telling. Because like, I could get a call, that comes in and, uh, it, it could be, you know, like a, a real emergency, you know, it says, you know, they coming from dispatch where we get toned out and we we need to go because there's such and such thing happens. Somebody's feeling chest pain and, and they could be having a possible heart attack. Well then we get out there and find out, Oh, okay. Maybe it's just anxiety. I have also been called out to a place where it was for a fall victim yeah, we just got to pick the lady back up off the floor and put her in her chair. Well, as soon as we did that, she ended up coding on us. And, you know, here we are, we're doing CPR on her and on our way to the hospital, uh, and trying to bring her back to life because, you know, that's, we were just called for a, a fall victim. You know, that was just, that was completely unexpected. So I mean, there's two different ends of the spectrum that you could run into. So, but the point that I'm getting at, um, is that becomes very hard for a volunteer to try and do because you only there's just, you know every everybody's got staffing issues right now, and especially you know if you're going to be relying on your certain number of volunteers to run throughout the daytime to leave work, sometimes the employer's going to get kind of tar- tired of it and say, "Hey, either you keep doing it or I'm going to have to let you go." You know, like figure out find a happy medium. Um, so sometimes that's where a a paid department actually comes into play. Um, where you can hire somebody but with that you have to have some kind of stream of revenue coming in which i mean it could be done through a donation um or you know like the community has to come together and and recognize that there might have to be a levy that they will have to pay um because some of these calls are just absolutely ridiculous you know
1: yeah no it's a great explanation i really appreciate that um so say you have a medium-sized city with some small rural cities around it how would you approach that for best practice for designing volunteer mixed with you know paid um and backing each other up like how would you see the perfect approach to this and in, in your rise and your experience obviously nothing's perfect but you know best practices what would you think that people could take away on how they should you know, try to go about structuring their departments in the future and those type of areas. Okay. So actually the, the, part,
2: the other department that I'm on is, is actually like, it. it's called a combination department. Um, they have, uh, paid members on staff. There's four of them, uh, typically two part-timers and two full-timers. Um, and once the, the calls get to be too much, then they rely on the volunteers to, to come in and supplement some departments. They'll do it where the volunteers are completely unpaid. Uh, some departments do it where, you know, somebody will get a, you know, like a $10, uh, paycheck or whatever for showing up and putting in their time or whatever. Some of them get paid per hour. It depends. That's up to the, to the community and that's up to the, to the fire department that runs that. Um, but basically what it is is, you know, the, I, I've been on shift before where we've run from one squad call to the next squad call uh, back to back. And I mean, we didn't even get time to finish filling out paperwork or anything like that. Start the, the next run. And somebody gets toned out to the other uh, two personnel on shift. They get toned out for another squad call. And then we've had it where a third one comes in and it's like, Hey, you know, ask our volunteers, you know, have somebody come in and take our third squad and,
1: and go, go help out. Really cool way to do it. Go about it and save money, but still make sure the community's protected and taken care of. Yeah, absolutely. So,
2: and one of the, the things for like the levy that they were asking for was they wanted to hire uh, two more full timers uh, per day. So that was going to be six additional employees because they do 24 on and 48 off. Um, and there's a second station that they've got, but it's not staffed. Um, and there's only like two volunteers that live close to it. And that station's like 20 minutes away from station one. So -hmm. if we get a, a call out that way, a fire, a squad call, I mean, we, there was one time we had a call out there for, uh, a lady for difficulty breathing. We get halfway there and find out she's in full arrest. Um, and by the time we get there, nobody knew how to do CPR. And that's usually what's going to help somebody the most is if somebody's on scene is providing CPR by the time we get there so we can take over and continue, that'll give somebody's best chance for survival. Um, But nobody knew how to do CPR by the time we got there. You know, she was already, I mean, there was nothing we could do. So we were asking if we could uh, have that levy so we could have two people at that station so that way they would be closer. So in a case of something like that, again, we'd be, you know, we'd have time would be on our side to help people the most. So.
1: So is, is there uh, like substations or volunteers that are in between those type of areas that you guys have thought about doing so you can like get there quicker where it's a volunteer person like, hey, this is 20 minutes away from the station, but we have this person that's qualified to be able to take care of this kind of call. He can get there first or she can get there first. Um, start addressing the issue and then you guys get there with everything else. So we, okay.
2: So I'll actually, I'll talk about a rough call that we had. Uh, we had, a an accident that happened, uh, guy, he, uh, drove his vehicle into the side of a barn, uh, wasn't wearing a seatbelt. And from the impact, uh, he ended up sustaining some serious, serious injuries. Um, and there was a couple of people who lived close, uh, and got there well before we did with the squad and they immediately already started radioing up everything that was going to be needed. They started rendering all the aid that they could at the time they called for a helicopter and everything. Um, with the, with the injuries that he sustained though, I mean, there was really nothing that could have been done, um, five minutes in the back of the squad and and he uh, went into arrest um, and we worked him all the way until we got it, got to the hospital and the doctor had to call it. Um, but the point being is, is that, yeah, to answer your question, there definitely are people that can show up on time or show up on time and start rendering the aid that could be necessary. But I mean, sometimes it's not even that's not even enough. I mean, there was there was nothing we could do for this guy. So,
1: yeah, it's, uh, it's a weird balancing after it. Right? Yeah. But I mean, for a fire,
2: sorry, uh, <laughs> you're, you're going to, you're going to need a a full crew with an end, with an engine or a tanker and get them there on time. So.
0: Do you think uh, a structure like that work in a more populous area, like say a suburban town? I definitely think that there
2: is a, there's certainly a place for a volunteer system and a even a combination department Um, and I think the more urban and the more populated areas you go I think you need to have more and more of a dedicated crew Um, initially before I had kind of gotten into this and even run a lot of the calls that I do I didn't you know I was I didn't think that you know why why would a big city need you know, x amount of firefighters or paramedics or whomever you know on staff at all times. And I mean, to give you an example, there is a uh, metropolitan area close close to me that ran thirty one thousand calls last year. Um, I mean, and they have several stations, but I mean, I mean, you think about that—the scope of trying to have. Volunteers and maybe some paid personnel for thirty-one thousand calls. That would be a monumental task to overcome. And so, and some of the some of that area, in that metropolitan area, they they have some like suburban um, homes. They have the the like a large populous area. So, to answer that question, I guess in a in a I guess a well or a a long spoken way uh, is that it really would have to come down to how you educate your community on what you need um, and communicate with them, you know, and be upfront and honest, like this is where our spending goes. This is what it's needed for. And this is what can happen without it, you know, and then, you know, try to inform them appropriately, you know, like if, if they, they can they have the option to vote down or, you know, that it would actually be very helpful to have some kind of levy in place. And a lot of people I know, and I've heard the complaints, and this is why like the one levy failed at the uh, other department that I'm on is because so many people are already tired of the taxes they pay, you know, but it's already sat and been sat and explained to them, you know, Hey, this is all we can do. And this is what we're limited to. And these are going to be the results that you're going to get. We'll do what we can. We'll, we'll run the best that we can, but this is, this is all we can do. And actually I'll share it with you guys. It's a tough question because yeah, I mean, obviously there's going to be people out there that want to donate their money and they understand what they are donating to. But at the same time, you know, you run into the unfortunate circumstance where sometimes you try to force people to pay that money, you know, and a lot lot of people aren't gonna be okay with it. And I absolutely understand why. So I don't know if that, I know I kind of went on a long trek to answer that, but I don't know if if that answers your question or not.
0: Yeah, you touched on it really well there. Like one of the trends that I'm seeing is that people, well, more specifically taxpayers, they're very opinion opinionated based on their experience with their, their local municipality. Like, for example, like where I live, they have a lot of money to that they allot to to fix certain parts of their infrastructure, you know, parts that are taxpayer funded as opposed to investor owned and operated. Uh and you know, they'll they'll skip out on that area budget and redirect some of that cash to dump into other areas then the school levy will come out and everybody votes it down because they've already seen the spending habits of their their local government and they're, they're already if, if they don't trust them from the get-go like you say like why why would they approve another levy like like no matter what if, even though we know for a fact that you know the, if if the school itself is like modernized then children will learn better right and
2: it's it's more or less the equipment and who's well-equipped to do so versus what, what they sit in or anything like that. So I, yeah, I mean, and that's 100% it is like when, when you lose faith, I mean, and the thing is too, it's, it's also in the fire service, we talk about a lot of, uh, we're in a customer service industry. If you mm. think about it, yep. you know, if, if I show up at grandma's house and she fell and she shit all over herself and You know, I mean, and and this is this is a very real call that we get, you know, and and I'm not trying to say it like as as calloused as I am. But, you know, she is in a very undignified position, you know, and and it is very embarrassing for her to have to call and ask for help. But it's the fire department who comes to help. Now, you've got a couple of scenarios. You've got one, you know, we're firefighter John. Just picks grandma up, puts her in her chair and says, Hey, don't fall out of your chair again and leaves. You know, she, you know, has to call back again at two o'clock in the morning. um, Because either she's developed an infection because she's incontinent um, or she fell out of her chair again. Firefighter John comes back and, you know, says damn it, grandma, I told you to stay in your chair. She's not going to vote for that fire department levy. That's going to be coming up now. You've got, you know, firefighter Bill that shows up, sees the the predicament that grandma's in, understands that it's an undignified position to be in, helps grandma up, helps her clean up with her permission, gets her new clothes, uh, makes sure that she's in a much better position and situation, helps grandma to bed, makes sure she's got clean linens and stuff to lay in, and tucks grandma into bed, says, hey, if you need anything else, give us a call, you know. And who do you think is going to vote? That's the kind of scenario is that, you know, like a lot of times, and I'm not saying this is what's happening with the department that I'm on, but I also can't speak for everybody else that I haven't been on shift with. But, you know, it's, it's, it's how you present yourself to the community and the fire service as well as like how you present yourself to each person on the call. Like each person, if you look at them as if they were your family member, how would you want them to be treated? So.
0: Mm.
1: I, I love that. I love that phrase. And I, I think that goes beyond just the fire department service, right? Uh, oh, absolutely. I think that's everyday life on everybody you interact with. And I love that you're hitting on that, that community factor. Like, take care of your community. Do what's right by them, no matter the situation, whether it's fire department, you're showing up for a call, or you're at Kroger or whatever store. If somebody needs some help you do the right thing and it's gonna reward itself in the long run right the community's man. gonna come together and say like this is what we need we're gonna support these type of actions because these are the type of people that are doing what we want to see in the community and we're gonna uplift that and that's a beautiful fucking thing man
0: Hell yeah and you know tying that into like the purpose of like you know why we call this the anti-politics podcast you liberty seekers out there and those who are advocating for the, uh, furthering the liberty of fellow townspeople uh, you just got to remember that your politics are not always going to align with the people that you're trying to help and i think a bolt of people understand that but uh you know you, you can over there's always room to get better so you know it's it's not like you know you're you're not you know you, don't, you want to vote against the guy saving you because he believes in something different than you you know it's not about that you know this is this is beyond politics this is this is about reinforcing your community to be a much better place to live well i don't i don't
2: ever get the opportunity to to sit down and, and show up on scene and, and ask somebody you know in the middle <laughs> of having a heart attack hey who did you uh who did you vote for <laughs> You know, oh, I voted for like, oh, okay, sorry. Let me let me find somebody who voted the same way you did, and we'll get exactly. it. you exactly. know, I mean it's you know, it's it's like I said, you you show up on somebody's worst day of their life and you're there to do what you can to either help them improve or to make it better. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you will find people in the most vulnerable position in their life, and and if you if you take that as an opportunity to capitalize, to make a statement or to make a stand, I mean, you're just, you're the worst kind of monster out there that you could be. I mean, that's just, that's, that's a terrible thing to do to somebody, you know, it, it, it's, it's the same thing as like with COVID, you know, like when all that shit was, was running rampant and everything, you know, I've never once walked into somebody's house as they're, as they're bleeding or having a heart attack or their house is burning down. And I've never been asked like, Hey, Did you get your vaccine? Well, no. Oh, okay. Well, never mind. You can't save me today. You got to leave. I've never once encountered that in my life. You know, however. Are you
1: a Democrat or a Republican? I cannot take care of you if you're a Democrat.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Me going to my paperwork? She was dead when I found her.
1: (laughs) Well, and there's a reason why nobody ever wants to defund the fire department, right? Um, there's never been a slogan defund the fire department. That's been nationwide. Um, I don't think anybody thinks what you guys do and go about and the way you give that customer service, like you're talking about and everything else is in any way a bad thing. (laughs) Like you guys are the, the truest form of community service, I think out there, period. Um, uncorrupted just hey we're here for the right reasons we're here to take care of you help you out for all the right reasons like we just love our community we love people and we want to make sure you're good and if there's something wrong we want to fix it
2: yeah absolutely i mean and for me i mean it was just i had an itch that i wanted to serve again and and i found my purpose with the with the fire department and quite honestly, it's been something that the more I do it, the more I fall in love with it. You know I mean? The more I, I have a growing passion for it. So, I mean, it doesn't matter if I get my teeth kicked in and I don't get any sleep and I'm running call after call after call. It's what I'm here for. It's what I do. I love it.
1: You got nothing to respect for it,
2: man. Oh, thank you. I'm, I'm not trying to sit here and brag or anything. It's just, it's, it's a passion that
1: I've got, you know? No, no, you're, you're not bragging, but
2: but yeah, I mean, it's just I I I seriously think there there will there has to come a point where when you when you look at how you how the paycheck comes out basically or how how people pay, I do think that it can be like an elected thing that people pay. Like I think if you were to sit at the vote, like if you, if you trusted the voting system and you could utilize that to get people to voluntarily, you know, check in the box, what they want to pay for, you know, like put at the top of the box or the, at the top of the ballot or something like that. And I'm just using this as an, as an example. They say, hey, you have $50 that you have to pay. Take that $50 and put it in whatever bucket you want. And I guarantee you that firefighter is or the fire department, EMS, is going to be at the top of the list Mm -hmm. you know i think people would voluntarily put money in that bucket to make sure that that's taken care of and that the proper equipment and personnel are going to be available for them in their
1: time of need you know I, i don't know a single person that anytime the fire department's ever needed anything they haven't stepped up or advocated for it or saying like hey um if we can't do it this time, this is what we need to do instead. And I, I think getting hyper-local and, you know, finding that community vibe too and building out more local, small substations and having them break out the community and getting that relationship with everybody around there is a huge part of it. And I, I love seeing that from departments like yours for both of those um love seeing it around here like where i live it, it's it's a beautiful thing and that's the way it should be i mean fire departments initially shit. if you didn't pay the fee and have the uh little piece hanging on your uh your door front right if you had a fire they wouldn't show up yeah i've heard i've heard of stories like that before that's how that's how they started they were private companies and if you didn't pay the fee and have the uh Little plaque or whatever on your front door, they wouldn't show up. They'd just let your house burn. Now, if your neighbors on both sides had uh, paid the fee and the fire was going to spread to them, then they would show up. Um, but they uh, they would. It was a total private company, and they wouldn't do anything unless you had paid the you know voluntary tax into it. Um, so I, I like the community vibe, where it's like, hey, donate what you can. We'll take care of everybody. We understand everybody's in a different situation. It, it, it should be, you know, a community slash private company to a certain extent, right? Everybody can give what they can. They can get out of it what they need, but they can also give in other places. That's going to help the community in other ways.
0: Yeah,
2: absolutely. I mean, and and one hundred percent. And and that's why, like, smaller communities absolutely should implement a volunteer system. I mean, one hundred percent because. You know, I mean, and if there has to be a tax system in place, why not make that tax deductible? Mm-hmm. You know, you volunteer your time 24 hours of the day, seven days of the week. You're not getting a paycheck. Why not get some kind of break on on something, you know? And I think that would probably be more of an incentive for people, you know, to kind of go and turn around and join the fire. But like, oh, you mean I can get a tax break or a tra- tax credit for being a volunteer fire count me in? you know, and then obviously with your bigger metropolitan areas, I definitely think a combination department or even something more of an understanding to the community would be a lot more helpful.
0: I think uh, privatizing definitely might not be the way to go, though. Maybe for a property owner, if they have a large enough property, it wouldn't be the first time that I've seen or heard something like that.
2: Marathon's got their own fire department. Marathon Petroleum Products, they got their
1: own fire department.
0: Yeah, In some cases, it's absolutely necessary for safety.
1: right, absolutely. I mean, and privatizing works great for certain applications like that. But um, and I, you know, throwing back what the way it used to be, I wasn't saying that or advocating that it should be that way. But um, as long as you make it voluntary and community based and that everybody can decide on what's best for that community and still provide a level of service, um, whether it's through fundraising or whatever else, then Absolutely. Let's let's roll with it. Like let's go, set the example for it, move on, and then spread
0: the message.
2: Couldn't agree more.
0: So, so are there any uh, notable, noticeable differences between your volunteer department and your paid department that really stand out?
2: Um. So I I don't know. I kind of struggle with how I want to say this. Um, Take your time. Because, and I'm only saying so. I, I'll, I'll come out and say it, and it's going to sound harsh, but one department has more pride in everything that they do versus the other department. Um, so, the volunteer department that I'm on, they have a lot more pride because, in a sense, they actually work harder to get everything that they've got. There was there was grants. There were, um, oh, I'm trying to think. There were there were things that they applied for through the state. Uh, There were donations that were had and auctions and and everything else like that to try and acquire every piece of individual equipment right on up through the through the building. Um, That department was started by just a couple of people in the community and back in 1951 and has been running strong ever since with, you know, pretty good amount of members. And so there's a bigger sense of pride. So now, it's sort of
0: like a built versus bought type of deal
2: in a mm-hmm. sense um and, and and it's i'm not saying the other department that i'm on doesn't have any kind of pride like that because there are there are plenty of members i mean myself included that you know we're out there proudly making sure all the equipment is checked and taken care of. See, and then this is where some of the other differences come into play too, is the volunteer department that I'm on. A lot of the equipment doesn't get used as often. To give you an example, um, we ran 230 some calls last year from the volunteer department versus uh, the paid department that I'm on now. We're pushing 1500 calls already. Cool. Um, Oh yeah. It's, which I mean now compared to the metropolitan area that I talked about that they, you know, ran 30,000 calls last year. I mean, but that's also, you know, a, a bigger city. Um, so because of the fact that so many calls are run uh, and there's people on, on staff at all times, the equipment's actually gone through and checked more regularly um, and in a sense taken care of better. So it's not that there's a lack of pride. It's just that it, I like that what you said, a a, a built versus bought mentality. Um, it's just a different kind of appreciation for everything. Um,
0: called uh, pride of workmanship.
2: Um, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, and there's still storied histories uh, between the two departments. I mean, each one, has their has their own history and and their own contribution to the the fire and ems service especially in ohio actually both of them have contributed um so i mean it's just it's there are differences but they're not stark um it's as an outsider you would look at them and be like okay well maybe the trucks are different you know the one department i'm on has a ladder the other one doesn't we don't have a need for it you know i mean the i guess the other difference too is is kind of like uh within the community how we're viewed um so the paid department that that i'm on uh since it's a bigger community there's not exactly kind of like that uh like it's here in a volunteer one i can go out in the community and i have a hard time you know, throwing a rock in, in any direction and hitting somebody that I don't know. You know, like there's going to be somebody I know as soon as I walk out the door. Um, the other department, it's not as you're not as well known. Uh, the community, they know you're there and they don't pay attention to you until they need you type thing. So, I mean, there's also that difference, too. So the the support is different that's not saying that one community supports more or less it's that just one community just it's a bigger community and sometimes that they only care until there's flashing lights outside their house and then they're like oh what's going on you know so versus it's
1: a different mindset and culture right
0: correct yeah so there's there's a few people different groups of people that work for the cities in every city that I think people should not take advantage of. Don't forget they're there. It's uh, people that fix your roads, people that fix your utilities, and your firefighters and first responders. And you know what? What the hell? I'll throw the cops in there too. Not all cops are bad.
1: I I hate. And I, I love the ACAB phrase certain times for certain situations if it's specific on something happened right but saying all cops are bad all across the country everywhere that is just a, a blatant lie um especially when it comes to sheriff departments they're voted in those things are run on a much tighter ship they respect your rights more than you know most any other department but it comes down to community too like your local police community focus on that if there's a disruption if there's corruption in there then reach out to us or reach out to somebody else that can help and bring it out. But it's not as widespread and panicked out as people want to say. Do they have too much immunity on certain things? Yeah, absolutely, in certain times. like, But again, that kind of comes down to local community, local city, local areas. Um, Focus on your area that you live in. Focus on making that better that will spread see and, and being in the
2: fire service i mean i I've, I've had to work uh in close quarters with with police sometimes and it, it's it's a it's it's definitely an entirely different story whenever you're working to save somebody's life and you know you've, you've got that person who is just another first responder there with you that the badge and the uniform doesn't matter you know, when they're working just as hard as you are to save somebody's life. And I mean, I'm telling you that that was a huge eye opener for me to to kind of sit and experience that, you know, like there's many times where you watch videos where, you know, sometimes these cops are going into burning buildings unprotected, you know, while we're masking up in the front yard and getting ready to go in, you know, these guys are, they're, they're, they're breaking the windows in and they're, they're climbing in themselves to try and get somebody out. You know, and they're doing their best. You know, looking, looking, looking at a problem collectively is never going to solve anything, but looking, examining it from an individual standpoint, you can figure things out. One
1: hundred percent agree. One hundred percent.
0: What was
2: that?
1: You know, just popping some bourbon. I thought
2: it. I thought it was. I thought it was a Chihuahua.
0: Oh, it sounded like a. Sounded like a crazy sound effect. <laughs> It's
1: about that time of night, and um, I uh, got the job offer I finally wanted yesterday, last night slash this morning. Uh, oh, ex- excellent! Congratulations. I appreciate it. After I got laid off, and so just trying to celebrate a little bit at the same time as having some good conversation with you guys. Cheers. Yeah, cheers. I drink my water to that. Yeah, I've i put down a gallon of water today too, so that that reminds me. That reminds me, drink your fucking water. Drink water. Drink your fucking water. Absolutely. I
2: I have not drank alcohol in over a year now.
1: Good for you, man. But that feels good. Oh it does.
0: I you probably don't even think about it anymore.
2: No. I had a lot of people talk about it and invite me over like, oh we should go drinking.
1: No, like, yeah, I'm I'm okay. I got better things I can do. Can go to the bar with you and hang out, but I do have to drink.
0: <laughs> Order a cranberry juice.
1: <laughs> Ugh, I'll just stick with water. We gotta do is uh remember that that movie when we were little, uh cop and a half with Burt Reynolds and that little kid.
2: Put me down, dirt bag.
1: <laughs> yeah, and they they go into that bar and he's like, give me a milk, and everybody looks at him funny, the little kid. And he's like, mm-hmm. dirty glass. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> then all, all the guys in the bar at like one o'clock in the afternoon instantly accept this little kid like all right you're one of us <laughs> late 80s early 90s movies gotta love it
0: that was a good period of time for movies
2: we want to talk about mustaches man burt reynolds that man had an epic stash
1: oh so epic
2: Actually, I'm looking looking this up just to, to glorify it and understand where my where my standards need to be. I'm getting there. It's that's work. I see. And there was a, so I did some training. So that's one thing I do on my own. Okay. Wait, so, you, you, you train your mustache? You
0: do. I don't, I don't.
2: <laughs> <laughs> my mustache will lift weights heavier than what your mustache will lift. Yeah. No. Um. Uh, so that's one of the other things too, uh, to actually get to the, to the point too, is like a volunteer department, you know, one of the things that they can ask money for is for training. Um, it's, it's, it's not cheap. Um, when I went through fire one and EMT school, those were both, I want to say, uh, I'd say ballpark $2,500 a piece. Mm-hmm. Um, which, I mean, you think about it, 184 hours for each class. That's, uh, I mean, maybe not that expensive, especially considering what goes into it. Uh, but then there's, like, outside trainings and stuff that you can do. Um, so, like, I've gone to Ice Water Rescue, uh, where I actually, you know, put on a suit, and I go jump into ice water and try to pull people out. i um,
0: awesome.
2: uh, Let's see like high, high rope, high, high angle rescue, uh, you know, try and get up to like taller buildings and people are hanging out the side of it, get roped up. And, uh, actually there was a video of some guys in New York where they rescued some lady out of a similar situation like that. Um, and, and I mean, all that stuff is expensive. Um, and actually what I do on my own is if I know something like that's coming up, I'll pay for it out of my own pocket and go. Um, so one of the trainings that I went to, uh, it was like, oh, 100 bucks for 16 hours. Um, and it helps too. That, I mean, I knew the guy running the, running the course too. I went to elementary school with the guy. Um, I saw this one firefighter there that had a mustache that I like decided I was like that that's those are goals right there I mean this thing (laughs) if you were to put into definition of a salty firefighter that was this guy he had the leather helmet I mean he even had the shades to go with it and (laughs) and this mustache dude that like it was like mine but it covered his mouth and like if he wanted it out of his way he would just kind of take his hands brush it curl the ends And it was out of the way and it just, it looked, it looked superb. I'm like,
1: those are goals. That's what I need to achieve. (laughs) Love it, (laughs) Dude. Once you achieve that, once you achieve that, I will put that on a t-shirt and sell it. (laughs) And that would be, that would be, that
2: would be epic. No, I'm, I'm working toward it. I mean, I put my application into three other full-time departments uh, and all three of them were actually bigger metropolitan areas. And, so I'm going to have to kind of keep it to what I've got for now um, and at least keep it tamed. Uh, but after a while, I'll definitely go after that. I mean, cause I, I was able to grow that, the handlebar that I had for a long time and, and I kept that for a while too. And that was actually, that was pretty, pretty good. But I can, once I saw that one dude's mustache, I realized that the handlebar had to go and I had to keep just the, what was on my lip so that way I can, get it looking like that because that was just that was awesome
1: once you get it so like the, the the peak point you can if you have to trim it for another job i understand but the peak point we'll put it on a t-shirt and we'll sell it and we'll use the profits to go to whatever you want it to go to um, whether it's the volunteer fire department or some other charity or whatever it might be uh, but we'll let you choose and publicly choose where it's going to go
2: Okay. Actually, I actually already have something in mind.
1: Nice.
2: Victims of uh, uh, fires. I mean, if they lose their homes or whatever, you know, just because sometimes the Red Cross has to is, is pitching in and helping that, and uh, communities have to come together and, and help pay. So, you know, find a, a, a family who's been affected and throw some money their way, you know, it could be
1: helpful. So. We're going to sell those in every size, tri-blends, colors you want. And it'll be just amazing and we'll help everybody out in need. i are not going to put some pressure under me now. I'm
2: going to get this done.
0: Have to get you some mini dumbbells. Get that mustache curling up there.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> get get some dumbbells and
1: start training it with uh, paper towel rolls.
2: We'll yep. have someone
1: print out some... Uh, some dumbbells on a 3D printer and we'll get some uh, fishing wire and show your mustache doing some lifting some weights. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now I'm going to have to exercise facial muscles to make it look like it's actually happening. Oh, it's going to be so good.
1: <laughs> so, so Roy, besides, uh, you know, firefighting, volunteer, all that, what other message or messages would you want to get out to everybody listening to today and have them focus on, and try to help redefine the concept that is being pushed out by normal government and say hey guys look at this this way focus on your community that way you know whatever it might be What, what what's your other message besides that
2: so i know like when i was kind of real big in the movement and everything um we we're always looking for how can we help the community the most how can we make an impact how can we change the media narrative i mean it was just It was all about how can we change? How can we change? The message that I actually want to get out there is to, if you see that there needs to be change or that change needs to be made, get out there and do it yourself. You can't, you you can't hold protests. You can't hold rallies. You can't scream into the void for change without actually getting out and affecting it yourself. You know, and I'll give an example. And, and this is going to sound shitty as hell for me to say, but think about it. If let's say you've got a problem with the town police. Okay. It's, it's running with corruption and, and, or the, the town government, whatever it's got corruption in it. You see that there's no change being made. Pick up your, pick up yourself and, and go and figure out how you can get in there. Okay. Yep. Go, go become a part of that town police then, Yep, you know, become a cop, And try to change it from the inside. You think standing outside the door and screaming and banging on the door and telling them to change is going to change them? No. How you do that is you get in there, you put that badge on themselves. And if you're worried about how the cops are going out and treating the community, you need to get your ass out there and you need to treat them how you know the community should be treated. You can't sit there and scream at somebody to do it because they ain't going to listen. Same thing with with their community government. You know, you got a community politician, whatever. Get in there and try to run for that position. You're worried about how this community member in the in the 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 council is hand, mismanaging money, or how they're doing this. Get in there and make sure you do the right thing. And if you and if you feel like, well, I can't do that because then I might be susceptible to corruption. Well, then maybe you need to lower your tone a bit and find somebody who's willing to make that change. Then figure out how you can make an effective change.
1: Yeah. And I would go a step further than that, like not just you joining them, but several of you. And as you build up your community, there is bullshit going on. Then you have a backing because a lot of, a lot of good cops have complained about how they've brought, you know, BS to their superiors and they've been pushed under the rug with it, or they've been, you know, the ones that have been pushed under the rug with it and had a, bad things happen to them and they got in trouble for bringing it up. Right. So, well, and that's,
2: that's the thing. Look for the resources. Yeah. You know, I I mean, they are there, you know, and, and even at the same time too, don't be that person that pushes and shoves somebody away. That's, that's asking for help. Mm -hmm. You know, do what you can to, to try and help them, but you know, be that ear that they can talk to and figure out how you can make change and, 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 and fix things because like I said, being a part of the movement, man, it was just, it was all about screaming into the void. There wasn't enough change that was being made because we weren't talking to the right people in the right capacity.
0: Rome, Rome wasn't built in a day, everybody. So there's no deep convoluted meaning to that. You'll see more third party people winning at the local level, right? You know, the other starting small. Uh, If they can rally other liberty minded people at that small local level, that's the voter base for the larger state and national federal level for when it comes time to vote for people to hold office. You've all seen the argument it's impossible to join and change it. Well, let's Maybe it it felt like that because there was nobody on the outside doing their part, nobody on the outside who would show up to hold the signs to get the public to say, hey, okay, yeah, there's a problem, you know, and if you do that too much, they're going to say, okay, this is fucking annoying, now they're breaking everything. You can't just do one thing more than the other. You have to do a little bit of everything. You got to gotta dabble, and along the way, you'll find that path that you're looking for, and then you, you grab it, and you run with it.
1: Mm. Mass noncompliance is the best way to make change. And the best way to start mass noncompliance is to talk to the people around you, like your neighbors and your community, and start getting that message out, and then build it from there.
0: So Roy, from from what it sounds like, there aren't too many differences between volunteer and full time paid departments. Maybe, maybe in the uh, the funding aspect, there are some slight differences. But if you take away the ability for people to see who pays for it, I think the function is going to be mostly the same.
2: Yeah. So one hundred percent transparency, you know, is going to be like the number one thing, and and you know, letting you know the people know where their money go to whether they're donating the money or not i mean absolutely 100% more transparency uh better community education um because depending on where you live sometimes having to have like access to some kind of taxable income um might be the necessary thing to do because i mean if you don't have the fire service in your town and and you're running 1,500, all the way up to thirty-one thousand calls a year. I mean, you're somebody's going to have to put their foot down somewhere and and say that you know the call's got you know the money's got to come from somewhere.
1: So Roy, uh, basically, it comes down to you're a, a bad motherfucker uh, that runs burning buildings, and you do it not only on a voluntary basis for a fire department, but you also have a paid fire department that you're doing it with as well. And then you're advocating for your community to not only help voluntarily, you know, donate money, that kind of stuff, but if they don't want to put it towards other things for the community and just do every other based badass thing that you can do to help your surroundings. And I, I, I respect you so much. You have no idea. Um, seriously, I love you, dude. I, I need need more people like you around me. It's just, it's so fucking cool to hear your story and hear what you do. And hear how you trying to make change and not only for yourself, but for your community and continue to grow yourself and continue to grow your community and everybody else that can hear your message for their communities. And dude, just so much praise to you, brother. Oh, stop it. Go on. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, I mean, the best thing that I can say is, you know, I I, I looked up to a lot of firefighters, EMTs, paramedics, as you know, like kind of like heroes, you know, because they were they were doing what they can to serve the community, and you know, and I've I've stepped into, you know, a, a similar role. But the thing is, is now, I don't look at myself as a as a hero anymore. I mean, I actually kind of find it, it is humbling. I looked up to these people as heroes and now I'm in that spot and I'm like, but I'm not a hero, you know, like, this is what I, this is what I asked to, you know, it's like, so yeah. So while you sit there, you know, and, and you, and you say all those nice things and stuff, it's, you know, I, I, I hear them, but I don't recognize them if that makes any sense, you know, and I appreciate you saying them and, and, you know, it does feel nice, but I just, I don't know if I'm adding up to that completely
1: i would say recognize it for every, everybody's perception of this world and everybody's um you know experience is different right and yeah it's a you're probably a hero for what you do for your job um you're not holding yourself above anybody else in your community or anybody else around you that you you see yourself as an average person and that's the best part about that like you're doing it for the right reasons you're just trying to take care of people around you that even if you don't know them you love them and you want to protect them and make sure you can take care of them no matter what happens and their worst possible moment and that's a beautiful fucking thing dude like seriously i love your humbleness on it and obviously i i know who you are and would expect nothing else of it but dude you gotta you gotta give yourself some love on on that kind of thing man and you know we <laughs> You're
0: doing a good thing, dude. So what we can take from Roy here today is to get more active at, at your local level. You know, even if you can't go out and, and overhaul your police department or become a volunteer firefighter and, and leave your work to fight fires or uh, save people's lives or help people, uh, at the very least you can talk to your neighbors and then go to your council meetings, your your board meetings for your town. Uh, making making that, that positive difference and showing who you are to people who may ultimately be your constituents one day could be the most impactful thing that you ever choose to do, especially when you, you lower your guard and you say, okay, I'm going to stand here and humble myself for this person who completely disagrees with me and right now would never for me explains her position to me so that maybe you know i can try to draw a compromise and if we can't do that at least they're not calling me an asshole behind my back <laughs> so without further ado i would like to thank everybody for joining today y'all need to drink that water Drink the fucking water drink that fucking
1: water guys very much a threat dry fire drink water dry fire
0: do all the training you can do your 30-30, you know, push-ups, sit-ups, do some wall sits, so go on a walk. If you can't run, you know, you're not going to run tomorrow. Uh, you could, you know, the but set yourself a realistic goal. Walk farther than you did today. Run farther than you did today. Push yourself further. And always remember to treat each other with respect. Y'all take care now. We'll see you next time. Love y'all.